Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me on my drive to work this morning. Well, it's a sad day in Lakers Nation. Well, it's been a sad week or so in Lakers Nation as the Lakers were bounced from the first round of the playoffs, losing to the Phoenix Suns in six games. We'll get into that, plus more. Let's get into it. All right, guys. Well, I was up in Napa during Memorial Day weekend, which happened to be when games three and four took place in the series. So I wasn't able to do any podcast episodes after those two games. Then I come back, the Lakers play on a Tuesday, Tuesday night. And if you if you recall, that's the game where they got absolutely blown out. Anthony Davis was injured. He got injured uh, in game four. He didn't come back in the second half of game four, so he had missed those two quarters. Comes back in, or doesn't come back in game five. He's hurt the entire game. Lakers get absolutely blown out. They show zero, zero just heart, effort, hustle, none of it. They look dead out there. They look like they don't even want to be playing. They get blown out in game five. And then... So they go down three games to two, goes back to Los Angeles for game six. Still, so Anthony Davis, his injury was up in the air on whether or not he was going to play. No one really knew the severity of his injury. The Lakers left it open as to whether or not he would play leading into game six. So there was some speculation. You know, he looked pretty bad, so he probably won't play. Maybe he's feeling better than we think, so maybe he will play. So he ended up suiting up and starting in game six, but he only lasted about five minutes in that game before he had to, he had to go out. Um, he had a groin injury that was really bugging him, and really he wasn't able to move very easily. You know, he, they, were, they were showing him all throughout the first five minutes of the game, hobbling around, not really able to go anywhere, not able to close out on guys, not able to get up alley-oops and blocks and rebounds and all that stuff all you know all the important things you need to play basketball so Anthony Davis left the game with about five minutes to go or sorry with only five minutes into the game and things just unravel Lakers they went down by a ton like like almost 30 points if not 30 points. Um, and then, but then the Lakers did start to make a comeback. They did get it down within like 11, which 11 is a big deficit. But when you're down, when you're down 30, 11 looks pretty, pretty darn good. So they brought it within 11, but they didn't, they, I don't think they ever could bring it within single digits. They just couldn't get over that hump. And the, the Suns closed them out and eliminated the Lakers from the playoffs, which it's just so crazy to think. Like, coming into the season, the Lakers were the hands-down favorites to win the finals this season. And it's what, I mean, it's what I've been talking about the last couple episodes, especially during the playoffs, is, is, the, is the Lakers' injuries this season. I mean, it really does take an immense amount of good fortune to win a championship in any sport at really at any level but especially at a professional level um you know people always talk about teams having 
every season, every championship, especially in the NBA, there's always some someone talking about some asterisk that should be going next to this championship because so-and-so got hurt or X and Y and Z or whatever. And, you know, but that, I mean, that happens every single season. There's always a team that suffers injuries that had they not had injuries could have potentially contended, could have made a run through the finals or whatever, you know. Uh, I remember in 2019, there were people talking about the Toronto Raptors having an asterisk next to that championship because Kevin Durant got hurt and I think was it Clay Thompson got hurt and and they didn't have the, their full team. Had they had their full team fully healthy, they probably win that that finals matchup. Um, and then you know obviously there's people that talk about the Lakers last season as having an asterisk next to their championship because of the bubble and all that stuff. Well, you know. It, Everyone plays with the same, on the same playing field. Everyone has the same advantages and disadvantages. And some people, you know, you have to rise to the occasion. Some people get hurt. Some people don't get hurt. Some people can handle, uh, you know, some some people can handle a crowd better than others. Some people had a hard time in the bubble, right? It's like there's just certain certain things that you have to be able to rise above and all that stuff. And sometimes you just don't do it. So. So to the people that, that like to put asterisks next to, to championships, I hope you put one next to this one, um, considering the fact that the Lakers were injured for the entire season, Anthony Davis couldn't run, and all that stuff. I mean, if Anthony Davis is, is healthy, then the Lakers are still in the running for that final championship. And But without Anthony Davis, even if the Lakers had won somehow won game six and then miraculously won game seven and advanced the second round. I mean, LeBron James is, is an amazing player, but Anthony Davis really proved his importance to this Lakers team in this Sun series. So without Anthony Davis, the Lakers, I don't, they're not going anywhere past the second round had they somehow miraculously beat the Suns in the first round. Um, but as you can see, obviously, I mean, the Lakers weren't going to win the first weren't going to win in the first round anyways without Anthony Davis. But, but you know, it's funny because last season and and even in this season, right, it's like whenever I had always noticed that whenever uh, Anthony Davis was on the floor without LeBron James, the team didn't do as well. But whenever LeBron was on the floor without Anthony Davis, the team did did fine, did, and they probably played well. And obviously you'd, the team played really well when you had both LeBron and Anthony Davis on the floor. Um, so I'd always like questioned how much Anthony Davis, how much of an impact he had, right? Because when he's on the floor without LeBron, the team struggles. They don't didn't do as well and all that stuff. But in this series with the Suns, you know, in the games that he played, he averaged, I think, thirty four points, over ten rebounds. Uh, a ton of free throws. I don't know how many. I mean, he didn't shoot as many in game one, but between games two and three, a ton of free throws. Um, and he, Anthony Davis goes out, and the Lakers lose three games in a row. Or, yeah, three games in a row. And, um, you know, at game four, right, like the Lakers, it was a close-ish game, right? It's going back and forth. Up, up until like the third, fourth quarter, 
it's a close game. Anthony Davis exits that game, and Lakers lose. You know, it's like I think I think I don't know if it's like LeBron was putting more onto Anthony Davis's shoulders, and so when Anthony Davis wasn't playing, uh, he wasn't. They were just. A, it was a bigger missing piece. Because last season, I feel like last season, had Anthony Davis been out, LeBron would have played much better, would have played, you know, he, he could have maybe put the team on his back a little bit more. But also, things to consider are, one, that LeBron also was dealing with an injury, you know, dealing with a high ankle sprain. For the most part, he looked pretty good. In that, in that series against the Suns. Like, he didn't look like he was too hurt or hobbling around too much. But at the same time, he also wasn't really attacking the basket as much as he normally would. And, and there was a lot of questions going back and forth on whether or not that was his injury or if that was, you know, was was him not attacking the basket due to, due to injury or was it because of DeAndre Ayton? You know, I, I don't think... LeBron is that scared of DeAndre Ayton that he wouldn't attack the basket really at all with him in the game. I mean, to be fair, he was playing really good, really great defense. DeAndre Ayton was, and maybe it was a strategic thing, or LeBron didn't want to get sucked in and, and not be able to get the ball out and, and, and whatever, but you know, at the very least, LeBron could at least draw a few fouls, or, you know, there's some advantages to to taking it at DeAndre Ayton as well. So that's why part of me thinks that he wasn't attacking the basket as much, more more so because of his injury than anything else. And you could tell, too, like he wasn't quite as explosive on like some of his dunks and stuff. Um, so, so I think, you know, he's dealing with injury. Anthony Davis is out, and it's hard to, to put the team on your back like that. And then the second thing is that the, the Lakers role players just played awful the entire series. It was awful. Like, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are great. In theory, the Lakers got better, right? They added Montrezl Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Saul, Andre Drummond, right? Like, in theory, that team is better than JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, uh, even, like, Danny Green, right? It's like, in theory, in theory, those guys are better. And those are the centers I mentioned. Um, but they've just played awful. They couldn't shoot. They averaged in the 20% range from three the entire series. You know, last season when the Lakers won the championship, they'd go into game one, they would shoot 15, 20% from three, lose game one, and then they'd turn it on, and they'd shoot more, a more average percentage from three point from the three-point line. This season, it was just consistent brick after brick after brick on wide open three after wide open three. And so, I mean, it's pretty obvious the things the Lakers need to address in the offseason, and we'll get to that in a sec. But I, you know, it just, it's one of those things where it's frustrating, it's upsetting for the Lakers to lose. It's a little easier to swallow considering the fact that Anthony Davis was hurt because it gives a reason for why they were playing so well or well it gives a re- it gives a reason for their losing it doesn't really give a reason for why why KCP and Kyle Kuzma and all those guys couldn't hit a three-pointer but 
it at least gives, like, had the Lakers lost with a fully healthy Anthony Davis, then that would be, like, kind of surprising, shocking, and much more worrisome. Losing the series with Anthony Davis hurt, LeBron James dealing with some injury, um, it kind of makes it a little bit more manageable to, to, to understand the loss. And, and ultimately, you know, it's crazy because coming into the, and, you know, maybe us Lakers fans were just getting too, too confident, too ahead of ourselves because the Lakers were a number seven seed and, you know, even LeBron James was making a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers, like passes that he normally would either, would either make those, like, or he would either successfully make the passes or he just wouldn't do. You know, he was making a lot of passes that were getting stolen or, or kicked off people's feet or not caught because they were too hard. You know, just like he's usually a really good passer, and there's a lot of a lot more. He wasn't as dialed in, it seemed like. Uh, the team as a whole, I don't think, was as dialed in. And, you know, the Lakers were the seventh seed because of, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined to miss, like, 50 games in a 72-game season. So so they end up the seventh seed. Going into the playoffs, we're all thinking, like, well, you know, but now they're they're coming off injury, they'll be good. We're a seventh seed, but but look out, we're gonna we're gonna play like a one or two seed. Well the Lakers get into the into the playoffs, and for the most part, they played like a seventh seed. So you know, that's not not any excuse or anything like that, but like they just played down to their seating, basically. And, and it's crazy. I mean, it's also just crazy. I'm pivoting it a little bit here, but, like, it's crazy the where I was at from an emotional standpoint during this game or this series after game three to games five and six. After game three, the so the game three, the Lakers win. I don't know if I, I didn't talk about that one because I was in Napa during that game, too, but during game three, the Lakers win by 14 points, and they they played pretty bad. They scored. They won by 14 and only shot again, like I was saying, like 28 percent from the three-point line, something crazy, something just ridiculously bad. And they won by 14. And and Chris Paul was dealing with a shoulder injury. They're playing in in. Los Angeles for the first game in LA and they looked great Anthony Davis scored like 34-36 points Uh, LeBron was playing well Uh, obviously carrying the team Dennis Schroeder played well and the Lakers were looking good you know my prediction after game 3 was we win game 4 obviously because we were at home we looked really good the game before um, and then, and then I was thinking like, well, we'll probably, if we win game four and go up three, one, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost the first game back in Phoenix and then just close it out in game six back in LA. That was my prediction for the rest of the series. Obviously I was not predicting that Anthony Davis would get injured, sit out the second half of game four, miss all of game five and basically game six. So, I mean, that, that was the difference there. And and throughout this entire series, I've been saying that Anthony Davis has been the difference. Game one, Anthony Davis 
Uh, I forget how many points he had, but it was not very many points. It was like 14, 15 points, maybe maybe even less. Anthony Davis has way less than his his like average amount of points in game one. Lakers lose by nine. They hold the Suns to like 100 points. Had Anthony Davis just shown up in game one, right, play, score 20 points instead of 12 points or whatever it was, that game, it's a close game, but the Lakers win by a couple points um that that was the first that was the first sign that i saw of anthony davis being the difference then games two and three he comes out and scores 34 points in each game i think and the lakers win those games anthony davis comes out game four sits out the second half lakers lose sits out game five lakers get blown out sits out game six lakers get blown out so Anthony Davis is proving that he is one. He he has proven to me. I mean, he proved his value to me last season during their finals run. But this has given me, I guess, like the negative example of his of his value. Right? Like game last season, the finals run, Lakers were playing well. They ran through, won every series in five games, except for the finals one and that one in six games. Anthony Davis played well the entire time. He was healthy the entire time, for the most part. And and they just wiped through all of their opponents. So that was like a positive ex- example of Anthony Davis's value. Fast forward to this season, and it, Anthony Davis doesn't show up in game one, and then he sits out the second half of game four through basically game six. And, and the Lakers lose all three of those games. Um. So that just you know just proves that him sitting out does matter for the Lakers. And it's crazy because you would think of all seasons between this season and last season, you'd think that with the Lakers picking up Andre Drummond and Montrezl Harrell and Marcus Saul, that Anthony Davis sitting out wouldn't be quite as detrimental, just because we have better big men than we did last season. But, I mean, it would have been detrimental last season, too. But but this season, you would think, like, it wouldn't be as de- detrimental. <coughs> Thinking that they could, like, pick up the slack or something. But, obviously, obviously that's not the case. You know, there's some rotation questions about this, this series, right? Like, Frank Vogel didn't. So, he didn't play Mark Saul at all in game one. Uh, I, I forget about game two. And then once he started, but he played Montrose Harrell. And then once he started started playing Marcus Saul in games two and three, Montrose Harrell didn't see the floor. And then in game six, I don't know if, I don't know what was up with Andre Drummond, but I, I don't think he was hurt. But then Marcus Saul started in game six, and Andre Drummond didn't play at all. So I, you know, I don't know what the deal is there. Like, why... The thing is, like, I get, like, rotation. You want, you want rotation to be strategic. And usually in the playoffs, you cut down your rotation. Like, the Lakers were running, like, a 12-man rotation for most of the season. Partially because they had to because of injuries and stuff. But had they even without the injuries, they probably would have been running that 12-man rotation. Which is pretty big rotation for the NBA. Um, 
In the playoffs, it usually gets skinny down a little bit, right? Like eight guys, maybe. And even sometimes it's only seven. But I just don't understand, like, why... Why, if Marcus Hall is playing, why can't Montrez get a few minutes, right? Like, Montrez is a huge hustle guy. He's a big, like, energy guy. Especially in, like, game five, right? You notice... You know, first sign you see of the Lakers not showing up, not being there. Maybe you try to put Montrez in, like, wake him up, like, get a big dunk, get a big block, do, you know, something like that. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I'm not the coach, right? But that's that's that was kind of strange to me, to be honest. I did read an article more recently about Andre Drummond and his signing with the Lakers that when Andre Drummond signed with, or before he signed with the Lakers, the Lakers had promised... Andre Drummond that he would be a starter coming in to uh, if he signed with the Lakers, you know. And the, and the article was basically asking the question on whether or not that messed with chemistry. You know, did that mess with with Montrez and Marcus I mean, Marcus was starting, and then we brought in Andre Drummond and he started starting. From Marcus standpoint, I don't know how upset I would be about that, just because like. I feel like it makes sense that Andre Drummond would start over Marcus All, and Montrez wasn't starting anyways. So you know, I don't know how much of that, how much weight to put on that or not. But it is a, it is an interesting question, right? It's like you have a guy coming in that hasn't been with the team all season, and you're you're promising a starting spot, right? It's like that could rub me the wrong way, regardless of if I think it's the right decision or not. You know, I'd rather see him earn it and you know and all that and all that stuff. So that could have played some role into some stuff. But overall, just a weird series, not fun by any means, except for games two and three. And, yep, the Lakers lose. I, another thing I didn't mention was the short, the short offseason from last season coming into this season. You know, I think that really played a bigger role than many of us understood. I mean, I think a lot of us talked about it, but now we're seeing the results of that, right? We're seeing that the Lakers dealt with a ton of injuries all throughout the season leading you know from like January or February all the way through the rest of the season in, into the playoffs right it's like that I don't think that's a coincidence I don't think you know LeBron is always pretty healthy and I his injury was more of a freak thing right it was a it wasn't like an unforced it was a it was a contact injury, right? Someone fell into his leg, right? That wasn't his fault. It wasn't like his body broke down or something. Anyone that would have that would have happened to would have sprained their ankle. So, yeah, it's just it's tough. the The shortened off season, I think, did definitely did not help at the very least. I don't know how much it caused those injuries, right? But it definitely didn't help. And I think Anthony Davis, like we all know, he's a brittle guy, right? Like he's not he's not LeBron James when it comes to injuries. He's he is hurt. He was hurt a lot in New Orleans. He came in last season and was surprisingly healthy. At least for me, I was surprised by how healthy he was. Because when he came in, I was expecting him to sit out more because he sat out a lot in New Orleans. Um, but he was really healthy, which was awesome last season. This season coming in, um, we got a little more of that, 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 those injuries and stuff. So, so 
Yeah, I think the shortened offseason definitely didn't help. Definitely didn't help Anthony Davis, that's for sure. Because um, I think his injuries were non-contact injuries, which are never never a good sign. So, so the shortened offseason. So the Lakers lose, and they'll now have a longer offseason, which is honestly like kind of good because now everything shifts. We shift our focus to next season. So we'll get into that in a little bit. All right, welcome back. So let's talk about the offseason, next season, some roster stuff, what to expect, what should, you know, what do we think the Lakers should do? Uh, you know, should the Lakers run it back? Should they not? It's a really good question. You know, the big, the two biggest questions I think are with, I think Montrez, Harrell, and Dennis Schroeder are the two free agents going into next season. So those are the two biggest questions. You know, we've heard there's always rumors about trade talks with Kyle Kuzma. There's questions about Alex Caruso. Uh, a lot of the role players, we'll see, you know, Marcus Gasol, does he stay? Will he opt out, go back to Spain? You know, well, a lot of a lot of different questions. I think the biggest question is Dennis Schroeder. A lot of people were out for Dennis Schroeder's head after game six, after games five and six. In game five, Dennis Schroeder scored zero points. Game six, he scored more points, but still didn't play as well. Little context, Dennis Schroeder leading into the playoffs got suspended for health and safety protocol reasons, so he missed the last two weeks of the regular season. Uh, had came into the play. I, actually, he did. I think he was available for the play-in game against the Warriors, so he did have that as like a a warm-up game, you could say, for the playoffs. But for the most part, came into the playoffs pretty cold, just due to having to sit out. So that definitely didn't help. I mean, the whole thing with the Lakers was tough because so many people were hurt and injured at different points that the Lakers just couldn't build build up that on-court chemistry that that's needed for a championship contending team so but that's I mean that is what it is the question is Dennis Schroeder do the Lakers bring him back or do they kick him to the curb so Dennis Schroeder also some context was offered by the Lakers an extension this season something you know like an 80 I forget how many years it was but I think it was in the 80 million dollar range for the extension Dennis Schroeder or maybe that's what he wanted. I for, honestly, I forget the details. Lakers offered him a nice extension. Dennis Schroeder uh, did not accept that extension. I don't know if he said how much he wanted or not, but he didn't, obviously didn't want to take the amount that the Lakers offered, which I think was totally totally fair. Uh, totally fair, the offer the Lakers made. Not fair that he didn't accept. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. It's fair whatever he does. But Dennis Schroeder did not accept. So now everyone's like, well... Does he even want to play on the Lakers? Does he want, you know, does he want this? Does he want that? I don't really know. I think, personally, I've liked what I saw from Dennis Schroeder for the most majority of the season. I liked the explosiveness he has to the rim. For the most part, that his mid-range shot was, I wouldn't say automatic, but it was pretty consistent for the most part. Three-point shooting was, I mean, he was a better three-point shooter than Rondo was. Um, that's not saying much, though. And his his shot is he has a very slow release, so even when he has an open three, it turns into a contended three pretty quickly, just because he, he takes a long time to get a shot off. But for the most part, like I liked what I saw. You know, 
maybe he's not who you want as your starting point guard. Maybe he's better as an off-the-bench guy. I mean, if you had Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench as, like, a six-man and you had a better point guard starting ahead of him, then that'd be, I mean, that that would be amazing. Um, I don't know if that's realistic for the Lakers unless they move around. They have a lot of centers. Maybe they move them around, pick, bring in a, a point guard, move Dennis to, like, a six-man kind of role. I don't know. Just an idea, but... Personally, I liked what I saw from Dennis for the majority of the season, so I'm not quite ready to just, to just kick him to the curb. I mean, I think that this season is a tough season. There's injuries. The two biggest stars on the team were hurt for the majority of the season. And so you get into the playoffs and you're playing with these guys and you don't, you know, you don't maybe have that as much of that chemistry on the court as you would like and and you're in the wrong place, you do the wrong thing, you rotate wrong. You know things like that happen. So, I would personally like to see we run like to see the Lakers run it back with Dennis Schroeder, bring him back, see how he does with a full off season with the Lakers, with LeBron and Anthony Davis. See how he does with a full season, assuming that they're healthy. Um, I think that we'll see a, a different player in Dennis Schroeder with those two things. At least I'm. That's my prediction. That I, I feel pretty confident about that. Because even without, with the shortened offseason and with Anthony Davis and LeBron hurt, he stepped up during the regular season. He was the third best player for the for the most majority of the season and all that stuff. Um, so I, you know, I say bring him back unless there's a, a better option out there. But there really isn't. Like this free agent class, there isn't. I mean, Kawhi is the best free agent there is out there going into the offseason Lakers won't have a shot at him um, I don't know that there's a better point guard out there than Dennis Schroeder so I, I say we, we run it back with him you know personally like I have a hard time not saying let's just run it back with this entire team because we didn't see its full potential it's hard to really move off of certain guys because uh, you know it because of the injuries, the shortened offseason, there's a lot going in. There's a lot going into play here, and it's hard to just like move off certain players. Um, you know, Montrezl Harrell. I have a love-hate relationship with him. I, I think that we definitely saw some signs of what the Clippers dealt with with him. You know, I think we Montrez with the Clippers kind of faded into the background, especially in the bubble and the playoffs and all that stuff. And Lakers fans saw that and mocked the Clippers for it. And then we signed Montrez, get all excited about it, which is kind of funny. And then, you know, he was hitting, he's kind of inconsistent as well. A lot of what I said, I've said it a ton this season on this podcast that the Lakers, or that Montrez is just kind of a weird guy because he's, he's a big man, but he's smaller. And I think that leads to some difficulty in his game. Um, you know, Marcus Saul, it's tough because there's certain guy like, in one sense, I'm, like, run it back with this team. But also, like, do I want to watch Marcus Saul for another season? Do I want to watch Montrez Harrell for another season? Like, do I – I feel like there should be better options out there, but I don't think that there are. So that's why part of me is, like, let's just run it back with, these, with this team. Um – Kyle Kuzma's got to get got to get it together, in my opinion. He's been on this team for like four or five years, 
now. Like, he's been, he's not a, like, he's a young player, but he's not a young player anymore, you know? Like, he has experience. He's played in the finals, albeit a different finals experience, given the bubble and everything. But he's just so, he, like, he, he still hasn't developed a consistent three-point shot. He still is making mistakes on defense. He still will blow a layup every once in a while. Like, he's just, like, one of those sporadic players. Like, I, you know, I don't know what the Lakers could get for him if they tried to trade him. But for a while, I was like, let's wait on Kuzma, right? Like, let's, let's see what he develops into. And he's still young, but I'm not seeing a ton of development from him. I'm seeing a lot of the same old, same old every season. When LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing, he is just this inconsistent guy that can't hit a three. And then when Anthony Davis and LeBron don't play, he puts up 30 points and the Lakers win, right? It's like, I don't, you just don't know what you're going to get every night from Kyle Kuzma, which is the most frustrating thing about it. So, you know, personally, I wouldn't, if, I wouldn't be upset for the Lakers to be looking at options to, to move him, to bring in someone else. Um, Alex Caruso is a guy that I would like the Lakers to, to hold on to. He might be, in my opinion, their most valuable role player, not because of his offensive skills, but more his his defensive wherewithal. He's always at the right, you know, he's in the right place at the right time, making the right decisions for the most part. It would be nice if he could develop a three, a three-point shot. Um, but of all the guys, of all the role-player guys, of all the guys not named Anthony Davis and LeBron James, I think he's the most valuable, and he's who I'd want the Lakers to hold on to the most. Talon, Talon Horton Tucker, he is still young. We saw a lot of good stuff from him, so I'm excited. I hope the Lakers hold on to him, although he could be a really good trade piece, so it's tough. You know, when it comes to you know, I'm realizing when it, it's just tough. When it comes to the NBA, it's like, do you want to win now or do you want to, do you want to develop and like potentially be good for a few seasons? I think personally, the Lakers need to be in a more win now mode, just because of LeBron James and his his age. You know, we see this where LeBron has a high ankle sprain, and who you know who knows what's next? Will this lead to another injury? Will it? Maybe it won't. Who knows? But I mean. He's about to be 37 next season, so time's a ticking. And and that's why partially I think some people were upset in the in, in hindsight that the Lakers did not sign Kyle Lowry because Kyle Lowry could have been that experienced point guard that really helps lead the team. Have he would have had those leadership skills that Dennis Schroeder was lacking this season. So I get that. I understand that feeling. Um, so with, with Talon Horton Tucker, it's like I like him as a player a lot. I think he's going to turn into a really good player. Will he be a superstar? It's hard to tell. I don't know. You know, he's really young still, so it's definitely very much possible. So do you don't you don't want to. I mean, I could I honestly could see Talon Horton Tucker developing into a better offensive version of Alex Caruso. He has that hustle. You can tell he has the smarts, the IQ. Um, I like what I've seen from him, so I don't necessarily think the Lakers should move off him yet. 
but it's tough. If there's a deal out there where you can bring in a, an experienced guy where you can win a championship or he can help you win a championship this season, then it could be – who knows? I mean, championships are hard to come by. I hope everyone that listens to this podcast thinks that LeBron James coming to the Lakers is 100% worth it because the Lakers won the championship last season. If you don't think it was worth it, even though the Lakers won a championship last season, then I I have some serious questions about what you enjoy about sports. Because what I enjoy about sports is my team winning and winning championships. And LeBron James and Anthony Davis brought that to the Lakers last season. So LeBron James coming, trading for Anthony Davis, that's all worth it in my opinion. Instead of struggling with Julius Randle and Brandon Ingram and Jordan Clarkson and... You know, all those guys, have, they're all, you know, Lonzo Ball. All those guys are playing really well. They're getting awards. Congratulations to them. That's great. But Lakers won a championship. They brought in Anthony Davis. They signed LeBron James. Um, so, in my opinion, this whole, this this era of Lakers basketball is, is all worth it because Lakers won a championship. And, you know, they would be contending this season had they not had the injuries and they'll be contending next season. So um, Lakers just need to make some make those decisions on who is going to be the right people, the right fit. The nice thing is that the Lakers won a championship, right, with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, so they, they know what, what worked. Obviously, there's the bubble. There's some, there's some, uh, some different variables in that season than hopefully how the seasons are moving forward. Um, but from a chemistry standpoint, the Lakers know it works, right? You know what type of guys you want on your squad in order to have that cohesive energy and uh, and, and camaraderie and, and all that stuff. So, you know, I think going you know going down the list of guys, right? Like KCP, uh, I I like what he's developed into. He went from a guy that was nicknamed "Kid Can't Play" to a starting player on a championship team. So. I like what he's developed into. I wish he would, you know, for him being the Lakers three-point shooter, I wish he was a little more consistent, but he is the best three-point shooter on the team. So I like that he can hit some threes at least. Uh, he plays good defense. He runs with the fast break. You know, there's a lot of things I like about KCP, so I wouldn't be upset at all about them holding on to him and not trying to move him. Um You know, Montrez, Marcus All, Andre Drummond's. It's tough because you know you don't know what you don't have until you have what you don't have. I don't know if that made sense at all, but like Andre Drummond next to Anthony Davis, in some in some ways I do like it. Right in the same way that I liked Dwight Howard next to Anthony Davis. But also, as we saw in the playoffs, like Andre Drummond kind of clogs things up for Anthony Davis down there. Like the Lakers are the best when Anthony Davis plays the five. I wish they would just do that all the time, but I know that Anthony Davis doesn't like it for whatever reason and, and whatever. But the Lakers are the best when Anthony Davis plays the five, so they should focus on Anthony Davis being the five and having some guys that can play alongside him every once in a while. But like the main lineup and rotation should be Anthony Davis at the five uh, it sucks because I don't know that that's ever going to happen I if they if there's a report in the offseason where they say Anthony Davis decides that he is 
willing to play the five, you know, as his main rotation, right, or whatever, like, that would be some of the best news we could get this offseason. I doubt it will happen, but it would be. Um, Marcus All, I don't know. You know, it's tough because he is a good offensive, like, in defensive mind, but he's just getting old. I don't – like, it's almost to the point where his age is – taking away from what he can provide to the team from a IQ standpoint. You know, maybe he turns into like a Jared Dudley kind of guy where he doesn't play that much, but he is a good veteran guy in the locker room. Because Dudley's a guy also, like honestly, I would love to see the Lakers bring Dudley back, even though he's like last man off the bench kind of player, because I think he has a really positive uh influence on the locker room and on the team as a whole so that's kind of like my run through I'm sure there's some guys I'm forgetting if I'll look back and and I'll talk about those guys in my next episode but that's kind of just what I my initial thought of this team and and what should be done in the offseason some moves definitely should be made it's never good to just run it back I don't think Um, there's always ways to improve but for the most part I like the team I like Dennis Schroeder. I like Montrez. You know, there are certain guys that I I'd rather see moved than than others. But but I you know I think Rob Palinka did a great job in even just signing LeBron, bringing in Anthony Davis, and 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 the the team that he signed last season, right? That everyone was saying couldn't beat the Miami Heat in a in a champion in, a, in the championship. Or maybe, maybe not everyone, but there are some people that were choosing the Heat over the Lakers going into the finals because of the Lakers' lack of depth on the bench. And they proved everyone wrong. So, I mean, they know they know what they're doing. They knew what they were doing the last season, and they knew what they were trying to do this season. It just unfortunate things happened. So so we'll, I'm excited to see what happens in the offseason. We'll continue to uh, talk about it and and cover it on this podcast as the offseason progresses and uh we'll go from there all right and then the last thing to talk about just some fun stuff well fun if whatever fun is is relative lebron james uh, came out yesterday saying that he is going to switch numbers officially from 23 to 6 I'm curious what most of your guys' thoughts are on this. If you've made it this far into the episode, definitely please reach out to me on Twitter, whether the Lakers Carpool Twitter or my personal Twitter, and let me know what you think. I'm curious. You know, I, I like, like, I've talked about uniforms before on this podcast. I like uniforms. I love sports aesthetics, numbers, all that stuff. It's super fun to me, and I think a lot of sports fans like that kind of stuff too. So I'm curious to, to hear what you think about LeBron switching numbers, you know, automatically everyone's already asking, uh, well, which number are the Lakers going to retire for LeBron? Will it be 23 or will it be 6? First off, we'll have to address this. LeBron James will have his number retired by the Lakers. He won a championship. Um, if, he w- if he wins an- just one more, it's undoubted that it will, it'll happen. Um, you know, there obviously there's guys in question, right? Should Pau Gasol have his number retired? I think he definitely should. Um, but LeBron James definitely will 
will have his number retired by the end of his time with the Lakers. I'm pretty confident about that. So let's just not – I mean, we can debate that if you want. Please, if you don't agree, please reach out to me. But um, that's my assumption going into what I'm saying, basically, is what is the point of this. Um, but will it be 23 or will it be 6? Personally, I think um, two things. First off, it kind of depends on the things that he does wearing those two numbers. Obviously, Kobe set the precedent for what it takes to get both numbers retired. That's not going to happen with LeBron, right? He's not going to have – like, he's a Hall of Fame player already. He's not going to have Hall of Fame-level stats and performances with the Lakers in both of those numbers like Kobe did. So both numbers is out of the question, in my opinion. Um, but it depends on two things. My first thought is, like, it depends on what he does in – each number right he's won a championship in number 23 if he wins two more in number six right maybe they retire number six if he doesn't win one number six maybe they do number 23 the other option is just let him choose right like he's choosing to change his number for a reason uh i'm curious what it is i mean i think a lot of it this might be kind of i mean i think this is super dumb if this is why personally but he wore number six or is wearing number six in the new space jam movie so maybe if that's, like, if he thinks for some reason his legacy is more uh, connected to number six now because he won championships in number six with Miami, he's wearing number six with uh, with the Space Jam movies. You know, maybe he, I mean, pers- I mean, I think he, he's wearing number six in the Space Jam movies because Michael Jordan was in the first Space Jam and he was number 23, so he's trying to set himself apart in that sense. So in that sense, I, I kind of get it right. Like, you want to set yourself apart or whatever. But, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Curious to hear what you all think. Um, When LeBron had – or when Anthony – when the Lakers had initially traded for Anthony Davis, they – LeBron had said he was going to switch number six so that Anthony Davis could have number number 23. But now Anthony Davis says that he's going to stick with number three. So, um, yeah, just a little interesting tidbit, a little fun fact heading into the offseason – um, for all you guys with some 23 LeBron jerseys, maybe you guys will go buy up some number six ones. Um, personally, I like him better in 23, but, you know, it is what it is. Six will be fun to see him in a new number. And uh, so just it's going to be a fun offseason. It's going bu- to be a busy offseason. So hopefully, hopefully you uh, stick with me listening to this podcast. And uh, let's go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm